Hello and welcome to another podcast from the Royal College of Psychiatrists. My name is Dr. Henrietta Bowden-Jones, consultant in addiction psychiatry, and I'm joined today by Diane Gosler, who's going to talk to us about her journey of recovering from alcohol addiction. Diane, welcome, and I would like to start today's talk, really, by asking you about what recovery really means to you. To me, recovery is a very personal thing, and I think that every person has their own definition of what it means. And I should say that um, I don't think that recovery is finite. It's not something like a broken leg that heals. It's something that's ongoing. And so, for me, recovery is having a meaningful and a satisfying life, and there may still be problems that I have to deal with, but, um, but it means that I do enjoy my life. And in my case, it means not drinking at all. Which brings me on to the next question, one that is um, a, a, a complex question for, for many people with, with drinking issues. How do you cope with not drinking, with, with staying away from alcohol every day of your life from now on? Well, it's very difficult. And I make it as easy as possible for myself. I have certain rules. One of those rules is that I won't touch a bottle of wine or beer. Um, so that means that if my friends come around to my house, I won't pour the wine for them. They will have to pour it themselves. You see, after detox, you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision as to whether you're going to keep the same set of friends or if you're going to make a new set of friends who are in the same situation as you are. Now, I decided to keep my set of friends, and as it happens, I'm the only person who can't drink, so all my friends drink. Now, that means that I have to learn how to deal with when they're drinking and when I'm with them. And I found it just quite useful... Um, to say that I don't drink, not I can't drink. If you say I can't drink, people tend to ask you, why not? If you say I don't drink, they tend to just leave it at that. So would you say that it has impacted on your social life, this not drinking, or not? It's impacted on my, on my social life um, a huge amount, because I want to appear part of the group and not stick out. When you're the only one with a Perrier water, let's say, then um, you feel that you stick out like a sore thumb, or at least I do. So I, I manage this by drinking non-alcoholic wine or non-alcoholic beer. I feel that I've given up the taste of alcohol, I've given up the effect of alcohol, but I can't give up the social pressure of looking like everybody else. And so this is how I overcome it. It's actually incredibly difficult not drinking. Somebody who was trying to overcome a drugs problem said to me that it must actually be harder to come off alcohol. It must be like having a dealer on every corner, which is incredibly difficult if you think about it. Absolutely, I can, I can really see that. So right now, on a day-to-day -day basis, what are your temptations, if any? What are the triggers that lead you to be tempted, if, if ever, to going back to drinking? I would say that I'm surrounded by temptations. Everywhere you look, um, in films and advertising, um, when you're shopping, you pass pubs, there are wine bars, 
Um, alcohol is everywhere, and it's, it's also referred to constantly in our society. If you're celebrating, then you have a drink. If you feel miserable, then you have a drink to cheer yourself up. So it's um, it it really is very very hard not to be tempted. Hmm. And Diane, do you feel that you being in recovery um, has affected your family and friends in any way? Well, it hasn't, it hasn't, because I haven't actually told all my friends um, for various reasons. Um, but obviously those people that know, it does affect, it does affect them greatly. Um, my husband doesn't drink at all, doesn't drink alcohol at all when we're at home together. Um, he will drink if we go out or if we have friends coming round. Um, the friends that I have told about my problem, it does affect. It affected them incredibly um, at first because they didn't know whether they should drink. So that's putting the pressure on them. Some people I haven't told that I don't drink um, and I can get away with that because I drink non-alcoholic wine and so that will look the same. Um, I don't know why I haven't told everybody probably because some people can't handle it and also there's the worry of being stigmatised. Yes, yes, I can, I can understand uh, why. Now my next question really is for the benefit of people who may be experiencing drinking problems or may have people uh, they care about who might be. Would you say that aftercare support is freely available in the NHS in this country at the moment? It absolutely isn't available. It's very, very difficult. Since I detoxed, I've attended two alcohol treatment centres with aftercare groups, which I formed myself with other people in the same situation. And we attended once a month, and we had a professional alcohol worker who facilitated these meetings, and they were invaluable. Now, the first one, um, the centre lost its bid, and so that closed, and that was absolutely devastating. And um, I, I should say at this point that during this time we lost three people, two people relapsed and actually died, and the other person just left, and um, we don't know what happened to him. Mm. The second alcohol treatment centre um, has recently closed down because it's amalgamated with um, a local drug centre. So I'm looking for somewhere to attend, um, because um, basically I and other people need the support. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for sharing this. Um, and in relation to your alcohol dependency from the past, do you feel stigmatised now when you share the, the news or the information with people? Um, I do feel stigmatised. I, I don't know if it's when I share the news with people. And I think that um, stigma comes from, from two sources. It comes from um, the general public, um, it can come from them, and it can also come from the people that you've told. Um, I, should, I should give you um, a little vignette here. I was um, at a conference um, some time ago, and I was talking to somebody, and we were having a very nice conversation for about 10 minutes, and he asked me where I worked. So I said, um, actually I'm here as a service user, upon which he turned his chair away, and, um, and wouldn't speak to me anymore. Which, okay, that's an extreme case, but that gives you an example of how some people don't know how to handle this situation. Yes. And do you have any particular worries about being in recovery? I worry that um, I'm pious um, because I don't drink, that people look at me as if I'm holier than thou. I worry because I 
I have um, a feeling that substance misuse and creativity go together. There are a lot of people who are famous artists, um, Dylan Thomas, Oscar Wilde, um, lots of other people who, um, who abuse substances and yet they, they, they wrote great work. So I do think that maybe I'm, I'm stifling my creativity by not drinking. And that's quite, <laughs> quite a difficult one. Yes. Now, I'd like to end on a note of hope. I, 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 I've known you for many years. We've worked together on the Addictions Faculty Exec Committee, and I've seen how much energy um, you have put towards representing people who've suffered from alcohol problems. Um, what keeps you going, Diane? What keeps me going? Well, there's one negative and one positive. Um, I'll do the negative one first, which is that I found out that because of alcohol abuse, I have brain damage. And of, um, of all the organs in the body, the brain is probably the most important to me. And um, I'm very frightened by the fact that I have damaged it. And it does have some effect. And I certainly don't want to damage it anymore. Um, the positive thing is that I have my mind back. I can talk to you now and I, I can interact with people. Um, just to show you how far I think I've come, um, after detox, I was going to the treatment centre to be checked, and I bought a newspaper from a newspaper vendor, and I was absolutely thrilled because I talked to somebody who had understood me, and it was on a fairly normal level. And so um, I think that, that shows you um, how far things, things have come on. Thank you for sharing these very personal things with us today, Diane. I am sure that many people will be inspired uh, by all that you have said today. Thank you very much.